All right, welcome in to the Undraftables podcast. Faye Carlton, Caitlin Livingston with you, coming to you a little bit early uh, this week. Appreciate you guys tuning in to the first three episodes. We think uh, we have a good episode lined up for you today. But before we get into anything, I'll say what's up to Caleb Livingston. Man, what's going on? It's uh, good to be here. Uh, you know, episode four, we're moving along. Who would have thought? Yeah, you know? rolling, rolling right along. Uh, here on episode four, uh, and again, appreciate everyone for uh, subscribing and streaming throughout the last uh, few weeks or so. But um, I, I, we, I do have to give a shout out. I, this is going to be our thing. Yeah. I don't know if you listen to Gary Parish and Matt Norlander's CBS College Basketball podcast. Uh-huh. They always give a shout out to a couple of the same people like every episode. Yeah, and I think I, I haven't run this by you, so you, this is new to you. Okay. Even. But last podcast, we talked about a certain basketball coach who put is a big <laughs> Orioles fan. And he listened to our podcast, and he texted us like, guys, they're going to win. I put a $2 bet down. It's going to pay out. I don't $8, know $8,000. And we were like, man. And I told him, I was like, Coach Smith, you could have gone to come and go and bought us Fountain Diet Cokes for, with your two bucks. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. And so, shout out to Coach Smith. Shout out to Coach you Smith. Know, hopefully, his O's win a few games. But – uh. You know, we'll, we're we're going to keep bugging him every episode yeah. just to Well, just at to random times, so we'll just oh, throw yeah. it in there. Shout oh, out to yeah. Coach Smith. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, the one we put out Thursday I thought was really, really good. Uh, had had a couple of good interviews Thursday. But, um, man, I think today uh, far surpasses uh, what Thursday's show was because uh, we sat down with – Arkansas recruiting coordinator for the women's basketball team, Pauline Love, who was also a standout at Southern Miss uh, for three years there, has coached at McNeese State, Southern Miss, and now at Arkansas. And she was, you know, one of the leaders in recruiting Alana Eaton, who I'm sure all our listeners and we are both familiar with. But, uh, man, it went a little over an hour, and it never felt like it was dragging. It's just it, it was a phenomenal interview, and I'm so excited for – all of you guys to be able to listen to it yeah no doubt i mean you know i guess we're kind of creating a trend that your last name has to be love and be yeah. a women's college basketball coach to <laughs> come on the show but no i mean pauline is a rising star in the in the women's coaching circ you know game right now i mean her coaching career started in 2012 and here we are you know by 2017-18 she's yeah. in the sec you know she kind of you know she we're going to hit on that a little bit with her and, and her rise and, um, you know, kind of her different stops of, you know, who she's got to work for and, and what they mean to her and, and what it, what it's meant to get back to Arkansas, you know. And she's, again, another Northeast Arkansas product. And um, she kind of hit – she's going to talk about her time, you know, playing and, and kind of who she looked up to, you know, and Jennifer Sullivan who played at yeah. Jonesboro High School and now is coaching in, in the SEC at Tennessee, you know, and – and so uh, it's going to be a really good interview. Looking forward to it, and, and just kind of giving her a chance to tell her story, and, and you know, and talk about her her career a little bit. Yeah, and I uh, obviously I'm biased because we did the interview, but I think any Lady Razorback fan should listen to it because um, obviously you know most Lady Razorback basketball fans know a lot about Mike Neighbors because uh, you know he's on all these virtual clinics and 
all these podcasts and stuff like that. They know a lot about Coach Schaefer because Coach Schaefer was here at Arkansas State for for a couple of years. But I don't really feel like her story has gotten out there just a whole lot. But uh, well, no, and even yeah. you talk about their other assistant, Chantel Oser, yeah, who yeah. played for Coach Neighbors at Washington and with Kelsey Plum, and and so a lot of people know her story. So yeah. Pauline is the only true Arkansan besides Coach Neighbors on the staff, and. She may be the least known nationally, and, and we're excited to give her opportunity to kind of tell her story. And, and you know, one day she's going to be a head coach, and we're going to look back on this and have her on again. And, yeah. And I, I can't wait, you know. And, and, and so it's uh, really exciting to get to interview her and, and hear, hear about her, her career. Well, uh, normally what we would do is have, you know, a few topics we throw around, maybe hit some social media stuff and – stuff like that but uh the interview we thought was so good and it went so long that uh, we're just going to jump right in so we'll go ahead and uh we'll catch up with pauline love coming up next all right welcome back to the undraftables podcast as uh we're getting set to catch up with arkansas assistant basketball coach head recruiting coordinator pauline love pauline thanks for hopping on with us this afternoon Oh, thank you for having me, Kate. Uh, you know, we uh, we kind of wanted to start, you know, from your your playing days at Rivercrest and kind of work our way up uh, to where you are now at Arkansas. And I know, um, first off, I'll let, you know, Caleb here, I know you guys kind of go back and just kind of tell that story of how you guys met and how you still kind of have the connection you do today. Yeah, um, I'm, I met Pauline, which we graduated the same year, so I grew up. Uh, watching Pauline at the Green County Tech basketball tournament, my dad would referee it, and here's this here's this girl in here just like hooping, getting twenty and twenty, and um, my dad's like, "Hey, you got to come watch. She can she can go." Um, and Pauline and I have talked about that Green County Tech tournament uh, a bunch and how uh, how it was a really competitive tournament. Uh, what what kind of stands out to you, Coach Love, about your high school playing days? What was kind of some of your favorite memories? So it was at the NDA tournament. And we were down by 12. I scored the last 13 points. So all I had to do at the end, I think it was just some, a few seconds left, to just hold the ball. I, I, won't, I give it a take, I say 15 seconds left. All I had to do was hold the ball. Well, no, I'm in ninth grade. I scored the last 13 points. I can score another two points. It'll be all good. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it, and I take it to the other end, and I hear it. I can hear people, hold it, hold it, stop. No, no, I just went on. Shot it. They got the rebound, went to the other end, scored. We lost. That was the first time I got the look of death from everybody on the team. <laughs> and that's when I noticed. I was like, okay, Paula, you need to calm down. See, now you're a ninth grader playing with juniors and seniors. You're going to die. <laughs> so it was that time, right? It was really, really, it was a great moment for me because I felt so good. No one could stop me. At that point, I thought I was Kobe Bryant. And I just and I, and no one could stop me at that time. And but I got a, a, a real good, rude awakening, real quick. So you know you, you get moved up and everything. When did you when did you realize yourself that you were good enough to be recruited and, and play at the Division One level? Um, you know, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, you you committed to Memphis with Coach McNeilis at first, and then she took the Southern Miss job, right? Yes. So it's funny that you bring that up. So 
I don't know if everybody, I'm sure everybody would know her, and I'm sure she will be on this show very soon, Jennifer Sullivan. So when I was growing up, Jennifer Sullivan was at, and I think she was a couple years ahead of me, and it could be a few years ahead of me. She played at Jonesboro. And Caleb, as you know, Northeast Arkansas, I'm, not, I'm a country girl, and I didn't watch much TV. So the only people we could look up to was the people that was in the area. I mean, you had people on TV like Kobe Bryant. I love Kobe Bryant. Um, Cheryl Miller. I love Cheryl Miller. But sometimes I didn't watch TV all the time. So the only thing I had was Jennifer Sullivan. And I used to get so excited every year to go to the Green County Tech Tournament because I knew Jennifer Sullivan was going to be there. And it was so crazy. I, like Caleb, I cannot make this up. I used to want to be like her. I was like, I'm going to be like Jennifer Sullivan. I want to be that good. I want to be like, can nobody guard her? I know she used to wear her hair down with this headband. And she used to jump high. I was like, oh, she's so good. And again, I'm in like ninth grade. And I wanted to say she was like a junior or senior. And, um... That's one of the main reasons, besides the fact Coach Manillas and Brooks did a great job at um, Memphis to recruit me. But Jennifer Sullivan, I saw that she was going to Memphis. I was like, oh, guys, perfect. I'm going to be just like Sullivan. I'm going to Memphis, too. So it was easy. But to answer your question, I didn't know I was really good until I started, like, getting all these letters. And I was like, why is all these letters coming in? Who is this from? I used to get letters from Tennessee. I'm like, who is Pat Summit? <laughs> and, again, I'm, that's no disrespect to, to Pat Summit. It's just I was a little country kid that never watched TV, so I didn't know any better. I didn't know the Louisville. I didn't know the the SEC. I didn't know Arkansas. You know, I couldn't even tell you who was the coach at Arkansas. Right, uh, but I knew the coach at Memphis because it was thirty minutes, thirty to forty-five minutes from my house, and I knew Jennifer Sullivan was there. Yep. So it was, it was at that point I was probably in tenth or eleventh grade, and my high school coach Judy Watson said, "Pauline, you know, you gotta kind of take this serious now. A lot of people are recruiting you, and and I'm gonna tell you right now, Caleb, I was like, what is recruitment? What does that mean?'" <laughs> Like, what do, they, what do they do when they recruit you? And she explained to me, you know, they come and watch you play. And she said, one of the main things, you have to make sure your grades are right. And I'm like, my grades? Why does that matter? It <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't matter at and, all. And you're talking, like, you mentioned how you're getting letters and stuff. And, you know, to the kids today, letters, like, y'all still mail stuff out. But it, it, back then, that's how you recruited kids. Like, there was no social media. Not everybody had a cell phone, mm-hmm. so it was all handwritten letters, and that, so that was a huge deal. Where today, I mean, you got kids that y'all. I mean, everybody's got kids on a mailing list that will n- may not even play college basketball just because they're in a book in a summer tournament. But back then, that was a big deal. Right, it was um, because those are stuff you cherish and you kept. Because I'm gonna be honest, Caleb. When I was growing up, I didn't have a cell phone. Um, and we didn't have a consistent a consistent home line either, so it was the letters is all, literally all I had. And um, so, and I remember very clearly one letter specifically I got uh, from my neighbors. He, uh, he was an assistant at Tulsa at the time, and you know what really stood out to me when I got his letter? He, I tell him this all the time. His handwriting. I'm like, this guy, and I, I remember telling my coach, I was like, oh, that's that girl has really good handwriting. Who's that coach? <laughs> and, and, and they said, no, that's my neighbors. And I was like, that guy? Writing like that? I just couldn't believe it. It was, It looked like it had been typed. It was so neat. 
so yeah, that's it's stuff like that that I just remember clearly. Um, that just so memorable to me. But like I said, unfortunately, I don't have any of those memories anymore. Oh, the only thing I have is in, in my head. But yeah, like these kids would never understand the value of getting a handwritten note. Never. So you know, you go you go to Southern Miss. Uh, just you know, what yep. kind of what kind of led you to Southern Miss and the recruiting process, and then you know, just kind of walk us through your career there. You know, uh, your top ten in the record book, and I think eight or nine different categories, and obviously had a really good career at Southern Miss. So yeah, well, a lot of people don't know. So once I verbal to Memphis, uh, it was just a verbal. I did it over the phone. Well, a week later, Coach Minolas called me and said she got a job at Southern. And it was good for her because she was going back home. And without a doubt, I was so comfortable with Coach Manilis and Brooks. It just it was easy for me to say, well, I'll just follow you. So I made a commitment to Southern Miss without even visiting campus. They begged me to come to campus. And I did anyway and still ended up verbally committing to uh, Southern Miss at Chuck E. Cheese. I still have that picture to this day <laughs> um, with Brooks in Chuck E. Cheese and committing. Because, again, you come from a small town, Chuck E. Cheese is like going to Disney World for me right. so um um so southern miss so when i first got there i was a non-qualifier um a lot of people don't know that i was not eligible to play that first year and at that time i could not understand this let's let's go back from when i first when i first got to campus so when i got there you know a lot of these kids don't know to this day i took a greyhound bus to college um, my mom could afford, no one could really afford to drive me five and a half hours. So my mom gave me money and I had a one-way bus ticket to Hattiesburg, Mississippi on the Greyhound bus with a duffel bag of clothes and a comforter. That's it. That was me going to college. And when I got there and I met Coach Vanillas, I was so excited. I was like, I'm in college. This is here. I'm, uh, this is it. I get to my dorm room and I see all my other teammates and then they're everybody's there with them and moving in refrigerators and at that point i'm like oh this is not for me like i don't come from this i don't know what to do i don't fit in um but cousin those from day one made me feel so comfortable and she put me with my teammate kendra reed at the time she knew what kind of type of kid i was at the time so she put me with somebody that was going to keep me in line and kendra just made me feel comfortable um so my first year, I was academically ineligible. Like, the only thing I could do was go to school. And at that time, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand why I couldn't, quote-unquote, practice with the team. I could go and go to, like, I was at a community center. Um, it was called the Pain Center. I was there every day working out with guys. So it was, like, normal to me. I felt great because I was working out with guys because that's what I did at home. But I still didn't understand why I couldn't work out with the team. Well, Coach Manolis kept all that from me just so I could, you know, just understand. She didn't want me to be involved in everything because I, I didn't know, you know. She kind of took a lot of that from me. And so all I know is I was still playing basketball, so I didn't care. I just had to pass a certain amount of hours of class. Well, I didn't do that because I wanted to play basketball all the time, so I didn't want class to get in the way of that. <laughs> right. So every time it was time for me to go play with the guys, it was always time to go to class at the same time, so I had to make a decision. And I chose to go play basketball in the pain center. Well, obviously a lot of that turned into having a meeting with Coach Manilis saying that I've literally been – I flunked out of college and I have to go to JUCO. 
And I didn't even hear the plunk out part. I just heard the juco part, and I was like, what is that? Am I going to jail? <laughs> Again, I didn't know what a juco was. I didn't know what June house was. And the next thing that came out of her mouth, I was it was golden. She's like, well, you'll be able to play immediately. So that's all I heard. I was like, oh, I can play on the team with other girls with, like me. Like, I can play. No more of this co-ed playing with dudes anymore. And it was at that moment in my life I knew I needed to get my life together. Because I, I failed her as far as I didn't take care of my business. And she did, she did everything she could to make me happy, and I didn't. I failed her at that time. So I went to junior college. Um, I was with Sandra Summerall for a year. Um, and that was just to get my credits up. I didn't get that time. I didn't have to be a graduate at that institution in order to come back to Southern Miss. I think the agreement was I there for a year, and I wouldn't be recruited by anybody. I was just going to go back to Southern Miss. So I can't tell you who recruited me while I was at Jones. <laughs> I can't tell you that right now. <laughs> but I can say I was the first All-American there in a decade, in a year. Um, I led the team in scoring and rebound, rebounding, and it was a great feeling. Um, again, I left there, and then I was back at Southern Miss, and that's where I spent the last three years of my um, college playing career. And, and while you're there, you know, like like we mentioned, you're you're in the top ten in program history in nine different categories, including second all time in rebounds per game at over eleven a game. Um, I mean, it had to feel good to finally get to play at that level, get to play for Coach McNeilis and Brooks and and the whole staff. Talk about your three years and, and kind of you know you're in Conference USA, which at the time was you know like it is today one of the top mid major conferences in the country. Um, you know, you, and, and just talk about that, you know, those three years there and what it taught you, how you became a better player that ended up leading to your professional career. Um, well, the second the second round back uh, to Coach Manila's, it was at Southern Miss, it was the people that was there, who I was surrounded with. Coach Manila's made sure I was surrounded with people that cared about the program, and it started with our boosters. And I'm going to be honest, those boosters, I looked up to those. And when, it, when I tell you it takes a village to raise somebody, that was me. So Coach McNillis had those – I was surrounded by people that literally loved me on and off the court. I mean, these are people that I would just go and sit with and have conversation with. Now, I granted that they were 60 to 70 years old at the time, um, but I looked at them as if they were my family. Um, so, And that's where it started. Um, on top of having great teammates, but that's where it, that's where it all started. And Coach McNeilis never really had to worry if I was working out or if I was in the gym because that was never my issue because I was always in the gym. My issue was going to class. Um, but she never had to worry if I was working hard, if I never had issues with di being disciplined. I never had those uh, type of issues. And my main goal was to be able to play professionally one day and possibly break, break the uh, rebounding record at Southern Miss, uh, the single-game rebounding. And that was just my, my ultimate goal before I left Southern Miss. And I accomplished one of the one of those goals. Um, and I know one I tried to get, i never forget it, it was versus William Carey. They told me I was one rebound away from breaking the all-time uh, rebounding record in the single game. And I threw it off the backboard and went to go get it, and they told me that didn't count. <laughs> so, and I didn't, 
I didn't find out. I didn't find out that that didn't count until after the game. And I just want to tell you right now, Caleb, I was hot. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but but other than that, I, I, my ultimate goal on every game was re, uh, lead the team and rebound. I didn't care how much I scored. I didn't care. I was almost like a, the the Dennis Rodman of women's basketball. I wanted to be number one in the country and rebounded. I wanted to be able to lead seven minutes and rebounding in every game. Rebounding was my main main focus. I mean, it's so funny when I see kids all the time. They say, oh, I had nine rebounds today. I had ten rebounds. I was like, oh, that's great. I used to have 20, <laughs> 25, 13. Because that was my – I felt like offense was coming. It, it would come. It eventually would come. If I can go get all those rebounds, the offense part would take care of itself. So I wasn't worried about that. In order to help my team succeed and win games, I needed to rebound the ball. Um, so when it came to all that, and 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 it, it was again, I didn't have any worries playing for Coach Manila at Southern Miss. I didn't have to, you know. All, I, I get this time and the times and the way it is right now. I guess times are different, but all I had to do was show up and go work hard, and she took care of the rest. And so, like I said, eventually she made that 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 process so much easy easier for me um and again I, I didn't worry about the numbers too much only thing i was worried about was my rebounding and that's that 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 really stuck to me uh that's the only thing i was worried about but points and assists i can't even tell you what i what i was ranked in the top i didn't i can't even tell you any of that all i know is i tried to get a rebound on richard and i was one away and i couldn't get it and i wanted to lead the team uh lead the team and the country and rebounding and it was close but Almost, I was second in the country at one point. So there we go. I'll take that. <laughs> so I mean, you get done with your playing career. You get, you have one season at WNBA. You go overseas and play. But uh, you know, you're done with your playing career, and then you start coaching at McNeese State. Just um, you know, what kind of drove you to getting into the coaching, and then how did the opportunity arise uh, there at McNeese? So once I got injured, I, I got hurt when I was in uh, Calais, France. I was in uh, Calais, France when I got injured. Let's go back. When I got when I was in the WNBA, um, I was in trial. I actually got invited to training camp with Mike Tebow in Connecticut. So I was really great, grateful for that opportunity. Um, but I was kind of hurting before I went there. <clears throat> so I knew I had those knee injuries, and I was like, God, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. And I, and it was, and I was so depressed about it. And I still get kind of sad thinking about it because – Finally, I was where I was supposed to be, and I've never been injured a day in my life, and my knees are hurting. But I stuck it out. I mean, it's crazy how I just went through the training camp, went overseas, and just stuck it out until finally my knee was like no more. Um, when I got back, obviously, as you know, the first person I called was Coach Manila. Because Coach Manila, I need something to do. I, I don't have a job. I don't have nothing. I don't know what I can do. And she's like, oh, it would be easy for you to get a job. Everybody loves your personality. And she was right. And so what people don't know, uh, there's this guy in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, named Billy Hudson. Well, he owned this salvage company here. He said, well, Pauline, I can pay you what I think you deserve. So he actually paid me pretty good money to be an assistant manager. I don't know if you know me, but I can't manage anybody. <laughs> At that time, I'm just like, good Lord, you want to manage all these people in the store? He's like, well, that's the only way I can pay you enough. 
And I said, well, you know, I'm a really, really nice person. It's going to be hard for me to hire and fire people anyway. But anyways, I was there for like at least, i say four months. And I got a phone call from Brooks that said, hey, P, I just lost an assistant. Do you want to coach? I, did, I didn't hesitate. I said, absolutely. It's the way I can get her back around and get into basketball. And I've been fortunate enough, even to this day, I have never been on, like, a true interview process. Like, I've never been, because only family has hired me. So I got there, and it was definitely a rude awakening for me and my niece, um, especially from a financial standpoint where people don't know. You're talking about making $24,000. That's how much I started off making. But it wasn't about the money with Brooks. I was I could have stayed with Brooks as long as I wanted to. That was, she was like my mama. She always joked and tell me I was her, I'm her first child. And she just put, molded me in the person I am today. Like she helped me with expectations and how the process worked when recruiting people and how you know kids are different today. Even back then when I first started, she's just like kids are different. You know they're not like you and. She explained that, but it was so easy for me to get on the phone and talk to a parent and then talk to the kids. That is what I was good at. That was like kind of my niche. That that that, that was what I was good at. Um, now all the other stuff I had to work on, I, I, of course, they got better throughout the year as far as from a, the scouting standpoint and being able to develop kids on the court because I can get out there and tell them what I did. I, it was just, I had to teach them. It was a process. And, you know, I always, being that young and immature, I always like, well, why can't you do that? I always question, like, why can't you do a fadeaway? I did that easy. Why can't you do that? Why can't you do an up and under? Why can't you do that? <laughs> it was just something like that. I'm just like, I don't understand why you can't do it instead of me teaching them. Um, but, again, I mean, the, it was it was hard from a financial standpoint. But, again, Brooks made it way, 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 way easy because anything and everything I ever needed, she was there for me. Right. And and so you spend the 2012-2013 season there at McNeese and then, you know, yep. Coach, Coach McNeese comes calling and you get to go back home, you know. And I, probably when you started coaching, you'd never thought a year later you'd be back at Southern Miss. Um, you know, talk about – you know, I'm sure it was hard to leave Brooks, you know, because like you said, she's, you know, you're her first daughter. And, and you know, and I know a little bit about that relationship and, and I can attest to how close y'all are. So I, I'm sure that was hard, but it probably made it easier getting to go back home per se. And and just kind of talk about that decision in your time at Southern Miss. Um, yeah, so once, once I talked to Coach Manila's, I saw she didn't, I called her because I saw that, one of her assistants left and got um, a head coaching job. And I was like, oh, wow, Southern Miss is open. I can go back home. You know, it was no disrespect to McNeese. It was just, it was an opportunity for me to go back to the people that I was comfortable with. Um, and so I talked to Brooks. I was like, hey, Brooks, you know, and Brooks hated to leave me. Oh, it was, I cried. She cried. It was not good uh, from an emotional standpoint, but she understood it. Um, I called Coach Manillas again. That was one of those times where Coach Manillas was always hard on me. She didn't want to give me the job at first. I know she didn't. She probably did, but she made it seem like to me she didn't. So she kind of made it hard a little bit. But I still didn't have to go through an interview process. Um, 
So I accepted the job at Coach Manilis, and I, again, Brooks molded me and prepared me for what I was getting into uh, with Coach Manilis because I've always said when I was a player, I would never work for her because I was like, you overworked your assistant. I was like, Coach, you're crazy. You like, your assistant, you work your assistant to death. I used to say that all the time. I'm never working for you. I would never be your recruiting coordinator. I would never do that. And lo and behold, there I was. <laughs> <laughs> and I was with Coach Millis for four years, and I'm telling you, it was three out of the four years we went to play for a championship. Three out of the four years I was there. So we 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 won a lot of games while I was there in those uh, four years, and it was just you know her being true to who she is, her authentic self. I mean, she's never shied away from um, her, even even with me on the coaching side of things. Now, again, there were things that I had to learn, but I tell people all the time: if you're going to work for Joy McNillis, she's going to get you prepared to go to war. And I mean in the Afghanistan war. Because <laughs> she's a hardworking lady. And for you to be able to keep up with her, you have to be on it. And it was one of those things where Coach Manila's and I had a great relationship. So I, we, I, we never sugarcoated things with each other. And if it was a problem, we hashed it out right then. I can talk to her. She can talk to me. It was the most comfortable relationship I've ever had with anybody in my life non-confrontational like that we just went in like mom and daughter the same relationship i had with coach and it, it was just one of those great feelings and again coach Manila's is not going to change she's going to be the same hard she's going to die working hard and writing in the notebook and still sending facts to recruits oh yeah in fact i was on a zoom call with her not too long ago and everything she's writing in her notebook you know and and <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, it's working because, like you said, she's been there for, I mean, I guess almost 16, 17 years now. So, um, yep. you know, it's – obviously, she's doing it the right way, and, and she's getting kids to, to buy into to her style. Um, so, from Absolutely. Southern Miss, Mike Neighbors gets the job at Arkansas. And mm-hmm. what what's going through your mind before you get the job? Because you and me – by that time, you and me had known each other, you know, for four or five years with you, with you yep. recruiting some of our kids, and and we had talked, and and the first thing, I think we called each other about the same time, like, hey, like this is how awesome would it be if you could go back, you know, go to Arkansas, <laughs> get in the SEC, work for a guy like Mike Neighbors, like, talk about, like, I mean, you left, you left home to go back to go home again, almost, you know, like left your left your college yep. home to come back home, and and talk about kind of like your thought process of of why you wanted to go to Arkansas and work for for a guy like Mike Neighbors um, and what it um, meant to you? So I've always – that was always, always my dream to go back and coach for the university of where I'm from. Though, you know, that's always a dream of yours. And um, once Mike Neighbors got the job, I was like, oh, I know this guy. That This is like if, if it's – if it's anybody that's going to give me the opportunity, it's going to be him. Uh, well, what I didn't know is because Neighbors, you know how Coach Neighbors is. He has his list. Oh, he yeah. knows who he wants to hire. He knows from day one, if I get this job, this is who I'm hiring. And, of course, other people in my uh, pool of uh, coaches that I do actually talk to uh, help with that also. But Coach Neighbors already, he's a smart guy. He already knows who he wants to um, put around him. And he did that with uh, Lacey and Todd and myself. 
Um, but even before then, I'm like, I, I, that was a lot of part of your because you know I never was the type to just go after all these all these jobs. I was just I always said if it happens, it happens. Doesn't doesn't. I don't care because I was just like I'm not gonna get my hopes up and just be disappointed. Um, because I knew uh, the SEC is one of the top conferences in the in my this is from this is me just talking now, Caleb. SEC is one of the best conferences in the world, and I'm like, if I am able to get that opportunity, Lord Jesus, I just I, I thank him for it, you know. Right. Um, and so I got the first phone call from Coach Neighbors, and it was so funny hearing him on the phone and actually seeing like, I want to be able to ha- bring you back to the University of Arkansas and represent for the state. I, I think I almost passed out. Because I, I always tell him to this day, this, this man gave me the opportunity to be able to play, I mean, to coach the state that I'm from. And I will forever, ever be grateful for, uh, for him. Um, Again, Coach, Coach Neighbors is kind of like Coach Mills in the sense of, like, they're true to themselves. What you see is what you get. The authentic. I mean, it's just not, there's nothing fake about them. Legit, what you see is what you get. Like I told you about Coach Vanilla's hardworking lady. Same thing with Coach Neighbors. Smart, intelligent guy. Laid back. He's not going to do everything everybody else is doing. You know, he's, he's never been that type of guy. And four years later, I'm still with him. You know what I'm saying? So to be able to have that opportunity for him to bring me back from the state, it's, it's, I, I, there are many nights I've cried because I can't believe I'm here. Like he gave me that opportunity. There are times, I mean, there were times where I'm going to be honest, Caleb coach is like, Oh, I can't hire Pauline. I can't hire somebody like her, you know? And I've all, I question like, what does that mean? You know, I never knew what that meant. I mean, there's a lot of different things that goes in my head when I hear that, but maybe to say, cause uh, neighbors, never judged me, never looked at me anyway. He just knew I was a good person and I was a person for him. And I kind of want to circle back a little bit to Southern Miss because, you know, when you you go to Southern Miss, you know, you're more involved in recruiting, more involved in on-floor stuff. You're doing a lot of social and marketing stuff. Just, you know, that experience at Southern Miss, how did that prepare you for the role you're in now at Arkansas and prepare you, you know, to say yes to returning home? Um, well, so like I said, Coach Millis prepared you for war. Um, so we, she, from day one, from when I first started working for her, she gave me, um, it was, you would thought I was being prepared to be a head coach. The responsibility that she was giving me um, from a recruiting standpoint, from a head coaching standpoint, from a dobo standpoint, I was put in every situation possible with her. Um, and so she knew if, if, like she knew when Arkansas called me, she she's like, I hate to lose you. She cried about it. We cried about it. But I know you're ready for something like this. This is what we've been praying about. This is what we've been talking about. This is what I've been preparing you for. And so she knew I was ready. And um, as far as like my job responsibilities at Arkansas and what I do there, it was just easy selling. It was, it was just like when I got there and I gave, I told them what I could do. And I didn't know there was very few coaches that can do what I do as far as from a social media standpoint, from even relating to student athletes. 
and even doing, I'm talking about, we, we talk about this all the time. I talked about this on a Zoom call uh, from a graphic standpoint. Like some coaches feel like they don't have to know how to do that. Well, you know, that, like, I'm, at, I'm in the SEC. I work for Arkansas, and I still do a lot of our graphics. You know what I'm saying? So it's just things like that that Coach Manoa has taught me from when she first met me when I was 15 years old, 13, 14 years old. You know, just prepare. Be ready for whatever is given to you and use nothing. That's the same. Coach, Coach, Coach Neighbors use it all, say that all the time. Have everything and need nothing. You know, Coach Neighbors is living now about that. Have everything and need nothing. So I've always prepared for whatever was thrown at me, even if I didn't use it. Right. And so, so now you're at Arkansas, and, you know, Coach Neighbors is coming off a Final Four Sweet 16 at Washington. You know, Kelsey Plum just is taking number one in the draft. And he leaves to come back home. Um, you take over the program, and it's you know it's not in great shape. Um, ever, you know you kind of knew year one, the record's not going to be great, but the focus was we're going to play our style. You know he kept saying like, yeah. regardless if we win or not, we're going to play fast, we're going to shoot a lot of threes, and you're going to show recruits that hey we're going to be committed to this style. And at the time, people were probably questioning that because it didn't translate to wins right away. But y'all knew it would translate to wins in the recruiting game, you know, like right now. And it is, you know, with – you know, you signed mm-hmm. a kid that we're really familiar with that was on our show just last week in Ilana Eaton. And, yep. you know, it, there it's a perfect fit. And talk about how, you know, recruiting Ilana – and seeing how, like, you knew, like, when did you know that she was, hey, this kid's going to fit us, she's going to fit Coach Neighbors, and just kind of talk about uh, your relationship with Ilana and, and the whole family because it's if you have a relationship with Ilana, you've got one with Michelle and Rudolph and, and you know, and, and the whole, whole crew. So kind of talk about that, recruiting her, and, and how she's a perfect fit for y'all up on the hill. Well, let me tell you something. Like, when I first got here and Coach Neighbors was explaining to me, and I've watched him uh, – Coach in Houston and what I mean, excuse me. I watched him coach in Washington and really studied like how his team played. I never forget the Final Four um, when I first saw his team. Um, and this was with uh, Chantel Kelsey, and I'm like, who is? It was so funny because I'm like, who is this kid that he has on his team that never warmed up? Like she never, I never seen her warming up. And I'm like, why is she not warming up? Why is she on the bike? What kind of system is this? How do they play? You know, I was, all these questions in my head. And at the time, I was—I think it was my third year at some of this. And I'm looking on the floor. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this team is just running and going. I would love to play. I used to just run and score. That's, that's what I'm thinking in my head. Like, if this was me as a player, my goodness, I would average 50,000 points. <laughs> um. So once I got to Arkansas, I kind of knew his system and how he uh, liked to play, but I didn't know, you know, the behind the scenes part. I didn't know in depth of what was to come of this. And so we would have staff meetings and we'll talk about it and the type of kids that we needed in our program. I was like, well, this is going to be the easiest place to get kids to come to. Because literally every kid today would want to play in my neighbor's system. Everybody wants to score. Everybody wants to play fast. No one wants to run a lot of plays. You know, no one just wants to do that. 
And so when we first got on campus and Ilana was one of the ones that we knew we wanted, that conversation, the basketball piece kind of took care of itself. It was building a relationship with Eve and Michelle and Rudolph. And so, again, like that, that came natural to me because Michelle, her mom, is one of the type, you keep it real with me, I'm going to keep it real with you. <laughs> so that's kind of, and her being in that Northeast Arkansas area, uh, those conversations we had with each other was uh, fairly easy. Now, Ilana can sometimes be hard to read because, you know, she's not very talkative. She smiles a lot. Until you get to know her, you're just like, she's a quiet kid. But once you get to know her, she's totally opposite. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but it, it was just, you know, being real, being authentic with her and her family. And that was always this, they always knew what we wanted. We always knew what they wanted. And again, the basketball piece and, and, and what Coach Ambers bring uh, to the University of Arkansas, it, it, he makes the recruiting process easy. It's easy. I don't think I've ever had to work hard like I like tell me I had to work hard. Mid major level, I mean I had to work really, really extremely hard to just try to get kids in. I'm not telling you that the system was bad. It was just a little bit different. And my neighbors kind of proved that with him going to the final four that his system actually worked. You know, so it was with that it, I'm gonna be honest, Caleb, it, he and the system makes it easy. You know, just for you, getting to come back uh, and recruit the state of Arkansas, you know, getting kids like Alana, who's going to be one of four, you know, Arkansans on the roster next year, just how much has that meant to you and how much have you seen kind of the talent for girls basketball grow in the state in the last five to ten years? Oh, it definitely means a lot, um, especially being an Arkansan myself. Um, it means a lot to me, and I, I am and I will be a little closer to the – the Arkansas kids because that's I mean Arkansas is it's in my heart and um so it just like with Ilana it should be the 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 one one of first for me um especially growing up and going to Nettleton in northeast Arkansas the way to represent for the university because I used to tell them all the time you know being from that area you just don't get to see many people from Northeast Arkansas come to Northwest Arkansas and play for the University of Arkansas. And uh, and I really think E one day could be the face of the Lady Razorbacks. That's not a doubt. That's not a doubt in my mind that that could happen with E. So I'm really excited for what I hope and know that she will bring um, to our program. And like I said, I love my Arkansas people, so it kind of uh, makes me excited. Yeah, without a doubt, and you know we have no doubts ourselves that that E's going to go up there and succeed because you know because y'all are going to put her in spots to succeed, and she's going to work. I mean that's that's one thing yep. she's not afraid to do is work, and 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 y'all take kids like that, and y'all it's almost like y'all force them to succeed because you're not going to give up on them, you're not going to recruit over them, you're going to put them nope. in spots to to be successful. Um, success this year. You know, Coach Neighbors has always thought that his third year would kind of be the year that y'all had your second year, and it would really be the fourth year before you talk, start talking tourney. Well, y'all are NCAA tournament team this year before COVID took over. Yeah. Um, you know, and you did it playing an exciting basketball. You you 
some of the wins that you've had in the, in the runs in the SEC tournament the last two years have been incredible. Uh, really have sparked the interest in women's basketball in this state even more than what it was, you know. Um, yep. And then in the next year, you know, you've got you've got Ilana coming in, who's a top forty kid, and then you've got the number one grad transfer and Destiny Slocum, and then you oh, happen to have two pretty good all conference players coming back. Um, yep. Y'all have gone from kind of being, you know, the quote unquote underdog to y'all are going to have a target on your back, which is a good thing that, that you're headed in the right yep. direction. D- does yep. that change anything with y'all or is it still, Hey, we're doing, we're going to be us. And, and I feel like with coach neighbors, it's, Hey, like you said, you, it is what it is. What you see is what you get. Yep. It doesn't matter yep. if we're picked first or last in the conference, but y'all definitely have the firepower now to that's got people excited um about about the future and kind of talk about i mean i know coach neighbors is not big on setting goals it's you know got program standards (laughs) and stuff but and we'll get into that with him at a later date but i mean there's no doubt that you know in y'all's behind the scenes conversations y'all are talking about we're good enough to make a run and what what does that mean for you know you got seniors coming back and and the university in general and, and how it's going to propel y'all to, to continue this momentum? Well, um, like you said, like we're, we're going to be true to ourselves and stick to what we do and what we know. So as far as changing anything, that ain't happening. Uh, regardless, uh, we make adjustments um, just like any other good school would do. But uh, we're going to be true to ourselves and stick to what we know and what we do uh, and what, what has gotten us here in the uh, first place. Um, now, are we going to have a target on, on our back? Sure, sure. But our girls will be equipped and ready uh, for whatever comes our way. Um, and the good thing with Coach Neighbors, he's all about things happen for a reason. So whatever hits us, I mean, we're going to be ready for it. I mean, he prepared, just like he prepared our kids, he prepares his staff for it as well. And um, and all I do is sit back and watch and listen. Um, and I'm still learning um, to this day as far as on-court stuff and just watching him and the way he handles handles things, I'm just like it's it's amazing how he has these kids ready. Um, even right now with uh, with this whole COVID thing going right now, we got kids right now that's begging to come back, begging because they just want to be around and be able to be in a gym and just run and work out and all this other stuff. But he just knows, like he he has a plan. There's always a plan for everything. And we, we're not the traditional team that practices our kids for five hours, four hours. <laughs> just don't do it. Watch film for two hours. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, I, I was I – was, I played like that. Like, I, I practiced for three hours. I watched film for the two, two hours. And I'm not telling you that – that's. I'm not telling you that Southern Miss, what we did back then is a bad thing because it actually helped me stay out of trouble. I mean, I was occupied the whole time, but – but here, it actually makes our girls hungry. They want to be in the gym because you're talking about an hour and a half practice, 20 minutes or less in film. That's all you need. Less is always more. And like I said before, I mean, we're going to continue to get better. We're going to continue to get great players here. But we're going to stick um, to what we do and what we know. You know, and – Talking about Coach Neighbors, you know, I think one of the things a lot of people say about him is that, you know, he kind of gives everyone a voice, whether you're a player, you know, 16th man, assistant coach, whatever, just, you know, kind of his personality, 
uh, and him allowing you, you know, to kind of do your job and whatnot, just how much does he kind of mean to you and how much has he helped really grow this program the last three or four years? Uh, Coach Andrews actually means a lot to me. He's not gonna, he's never gonna put you in a situation for you to fail. Um, when I first got on campus, he gave me, he said, come up with a list of things that you don't want to be responsible for and a list of things you do want to be responsible for. And I told him right off that, you know, I would love to do help with, that's when Lacey was here at the time, is I would have loved to assist Lacey with recruiting, social media, graphics and design, and I would even be the academic liaison. And he literally gave me whatever I wanted. Because just like our players, you know what I'm saying? Like our play, he's not going to put our players in a position to fail. Um, and for him to be able to do that and allow me to be successful, and it just means a, a, a lot to me. And I really value him a lot. And if it does come a time one day where, you know, I have to part ways with him because I'm, I don't know, a head coach somewhere, it's going to be really, really hard for me to leave him. Like, it's going to – it might be as hard as when I left Coach Manilis and uh, Brooks from Southern Miss and at McNeese. Um, just because, like I told you before, it's just he gave me this opportunity to be able to coach here, and he also allowed me and put me in the best possible situation to uh, be successful. And for a man to do that without being judgmental, without seeing color, without – he's just seeing people. Because that, if you know Coach Never, you know he just genuinely loves people regardless. And um, so, yeah, but like I said, he's just genuine and he allows me he – put, he puts me in a situation to be successful, and that's why – and that goes for every coach on our staff, and that's why we are successful right now. Just, uh, you know, with COVID hitting and whatnot um, – and, and you guys were going to be a team that was going to go to the NCAA tournament. You had a good run in the regular season, um, and you were going to go to the NCAA tournament. Just when it hit and the tournament's canceled for the entire team, just how much did that initially hurt? And in the you know last few months, how has that changed the way you recruit, having to do everything virtual? Um, so when COVID hit, it was definitely devastating. When we had seen some of our kids get very emotional about it, especially uh, Alexis Topri with her being, her and I being really close, she actually yeah. cried, you know, and I didn't realize how bad it was until I actually went home and was like, that was my first NCAA tournament opportunity. Like, from a player standpoint and from a coaching standpoint, I've never had that opportunity. And Kobe, COVID put a halt to that. And it was just like, I can't believe I'm not going to be able to experience this. You know, at first I didn't think it was a big deal because I'm like, surely we'll still get to play. You know, I was like, yeah, surely we'll get to, we'll get this, you know, still go even if it's just us and no fans. Well, when I realized that we wasn't going to be able to play, it was so, like, kind of, it kind of hurt a little bit. I did not cry. I held back a few tears, but I'm like, I look forward to the future and, like, we'll be back. We will be back. Um, so, I, and, and, and as far as from a recruiting standpoint and doing everything virtually, we we still and always have been on the phone, um, and 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 that even when I if I have to FaceTime, uh, if I have to three way coach neighbors in, we're all we've always been on the phone. And if kids want to do anything uh, virtually, as far as from a Zoom video call, we allow that as well. And it's again since I'm used to this tech stuff, it's actually been easy, and it's a smooth process. 
you know. So I actually like the whole um, the whole virtual thing. Um, so that really doesn't bother us. I mean, we've actually signed more kids during uh, COVID than than anything. Right, and and y- and y'all are y'all are one of the more different staffs, and and, it's due, and a lot of it's due to Coach Neighbors. Is y'all don't necessarily chase after kids that you know just because they're ranked in the top ten that oh we got to go offer them you know and y'all y'all he definitely right. has a a style of kid that he wants to recruit and and he he doesn't care if they've got zero offers or thirty offers now that I mean obviously right. Alana was a highly recruited kid and but it's she's right. a perfect fit. How fun is that to to be able to kind of, I mean, f- y'all get to recruit who you want because that's who he is. Like you like you said earlier, right. he's he he goes by his own beat. You know, he's he's yeah. he's not gonna fall into the oh you know let's uh, Louisville offered we better offer no like if if it's right. if it's the number one kid in the country and they don't fit y'all style y'all not gonna recruit them, you know. But y'all also right. aren't afraid to if it is the number one kid in the country and it does fit. You're not afraid to go against the heavyweights to go get them. And how, how cool is that to, to kind of, I mean, that allows you to really recruit a certain kid and develop real relationships with those kids. How just talk about that a little bit of, of how that's yeah. different than most schools. Well, because if we see a kid, like you said before, we see a kid and we think that kid is perfect for our, uh, perfect for our system and what we do as far as and on and off court and that's a good kid we don't, we don't care if she has three offers 30 offers 100 offers that it doesn't matter we could care less if they even tweet about it we don't care we just know that kid is for us and it makes it so much easier so much easier um and like i said with the coach neighbors being the way he is and just being there's no what it's the, what you see is what you get Again, the recruiting process is so much easier. They found out, they go watch a couple of games and like, oh, this is how Arkansas plays. This is who Arkansas is. These kids have one conversation with Coach Neighbors and they're sold. Um, so, in that sense of like being a recruiting coordinator in Arkansas has been so easy because it sells itself. You know, our system sells, Coach Neighbors sells himself. It, it, he just makes it, it just makes it so much easier. So, absolutely, it, it, it's fun. It's fun just to get kids on the phone and just to have him and being around him and just listening to him. Again, like I told you, I learn from him every day and just how easy it flows when he talks uh, to these uh, recruits. Um, so, I mean, it's, like I said, it, the process the process is fun, and he makes it easy. Um, so, like I said, I mean, I know I keep repeating it, but that, it is what it is. It's Coach Neighbors in his program, and it's it's just easy to be able to work for him. Obviously, you're getting players back on campus now. Um, you know, a lot of restrictions in place uh, with COVID nineteen. You still haven't gotten uh, your freshmen on campus. Just, you know, what has changed with all of the restrictions in place uh, from coronavirus, and how have you guys kind of had to adapt to that over the last three or four weeks? Well, what's funny is it changes every day. I can't like I can tell you something has changed today and it'll be different tomorrow. It's just so it's, the rules are just crazy and it varies in different states. So you just don't know what you can and what can't you do, and you have to watch 
uh, NBC just to keep up with what our governor is going to say. It just it changes everybody. So right now we don't have our kids on campus uh, just because of the restrictions and what they have to go through. We don't want our freshmen to have the experience of restrictions right now anyway. So why not just bring them back when you can bring them back in August and uh, maybe make that process um, easier for them. Like right now, like I'm telling you, I can read an email right now and it'll be different tomorrow. Um, so again, just to have our freshmen to have a good experience and we're just going to wait and try to bring them in, um, in August. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's kind of got to be frustrating It not, you know, coach neighbors has never been a guy that's big on, oh, we got to have five days a week workouts in the summer. You know, he's again, like yeah. you said, y'all practice for an hour and a half, 20 minutes of film and you're done for the day during the season. So, um, but you know, the, I know Ilana talking to her. She's wanting to get up there to build that relationship with the teammates, and that's, you know, that that yep. I hate that for for the kids right now, and uh, because that is a big part of the summer, you know, for every program is is getting to know each other and, and building that relationship. And um, but hey, you know, we're we're dealing with crazy times right now that we've never had to deal with before, and and I know knowing y'all and Coach Neighbors like I do. Like you said, there's a plan. There's a reason why he just didn't think of this one day. He's like, "Oh no, we're not bringing him up." Like there's, he he he's got a reason behind it and everything. And 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 so, um, so it's been well thought out. And you know, kind of yep. staying on what's going on in our world right now. And and with you being a you know black female coach in this game, and and we're in a we're in a uh, movement right now with the Black Lives Matter. And you know what? Yep. How important is it for you? to you're very vocal on social media about this you know and and how yep. you know talk about talk about that why you feel you know your voice it, it does matter you know and 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 how you feel that responsibility towards the movement to get information out uh to to your followers yeah well because i mean uh, just like every day i'm learning something new every day i think it's very important for our student athletes to be educated on this um, I've been in situations where I've been profiled and I think they need to understand what to say and what to do in situations like this. And I, and, and, and coach neighbors makes again, make that process easy because it's just like, you know, talking to him about it and getting his perspective, perspective on things. He just wants to listen. He wants to be educated. He wants to be involved, too, you know, because, again, he's not the type to ever see, see color, but he knows how important it is right now and today. Um, so, but I make sure our student-athletes are educated, even if that's calling them, talking to them, posting something on social media. Um, if you ever feel comfortable, they have to know that we have the back, regardless of the situation, regardless if it's, you want us to put it out and make a video about it? Absolutely. You know, uh, the kids have to understand that university has their back. And with me being an African-American female, they have to know that I'm with them. You know, I want justice just like they do. You know, and most importantly, um, on top of our student-athletes, I have, you know, Caleb, you know, I have a big family, right? Oh, yeah. So I have a twin sister who has eight boys. So to me, it's bigger than basketball. This is, I'm talking about my nephew's lives. Like, it's way bigger than that. 
and it terrified me me for to have them growing up and seeing all this stuff but i make sure they're educated because essentially you don't want them to get on the internet and think that you know all white people are bad you don't want that you know what i'm saying so it it, it, it kind of was both ways again that comes from the educational uh part of things but i'm going to continue to be vocal um about it until there's justice and and until and i'm standing for whatever um our student athletes uh, me, me to do. I'm, I'm with it. Just you know, throughout this movement, the last month or so, just how important has it been for, you know, so many voices have come out in their support. You know, so many famous athletes, so many you know famous people, and then then there's people, you know, just random people. Just how important has it been for everyone, from you know, famous to just everyday citizen, you know, to kind of have their voice out and kind of be pushing toward the same goal in this. Um, I think it's really, really important because these are people you looked up to, you know, some people that are, that are quiet about it. You kind of question that, you know, because it's almost like, well, what do you want? What kind of justice, justice are you looking for? Um, so like people that I look up to and seeing them post on social media and being active about it, it's just really, it's a big deal. Um, I mean, you got people and labels and people, they get dropped every day. For, for being quiet and just sitting down and just letting allowing it to happen and not supporting the and not really understanding. I mean, I've had friends reach out to me and, and like, you know, they want to understand what's going on. Can, can you help me understand? Can you, can I get a book? Can I look at a movie? Because it was, you know, not that they didn't see colored. I mean, you know what I'm saying? They just didn't see that. They just don't know. They don't understand. So it was my job to help educate them. That doesn't make them a bad person. It's just we have to help our people understand what's going on in the in the world today. Like I said, I've been a victim of it. I get it. I understand it. Once you once you've been in those situations, it it, it, it hits a little different. And then once you once you got nephews and you got uncles and you got brothers, you know, it hits a little different. You know, I just can't sit back and not say anything about it. I just can't. And that, that that's kind of like, well, who are you? And you know, players will look at look at you like, coach, what what do you support if you don't support this? You know, right. So all those questions raised, and so I'm I, like I said, like like you said before, Kayla. I'm going to be vocal about it until there's answers and justice. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna hear me. Well, yeah, and, and you know, I, and all the coaches that I've been fortunate to talk to, and in our private conversations, and and it's a coach's job. Obviously, we want to win games, but our number one job is to educate, like you've said. And you know, we have an opportunity at every level, from you know, talking about pee wee coaches to high school coach to college professional is to educate and help our student-athletes through this time and make sure they understand what's going on. And what an opportunity that we have as coaches to to do that and, and be a part of this movement. Absolutely. Like like you said, Caleb, you know a lot of people, and you talk to a lot of people, and, you know, I just think, you know, until we see change, there's going to continue to be – crazy things happening. There's going to continue to be, we're going to continue to put posters out saying we want justice. 
Um, and I think we're we're on the side of it's, it's getting better, if that makes sense. I know when it first happened, it was kind of crazy. Um, but with our platform and where we stand and, and the kids that we're responsible for, it's important for us to be vocal about it. So I, I, I'm with it, and I'm going to, like I said, like I said before, I'm going to continue to be uh, vocal about it and not be ashamed of it because I, you know, I do feel there are people who are ashamed to put things out because of what other people will say about it, and not caring about the people that actually you should care about the most, you right. know. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you guys for asking me about that. Yeah, we we appreciate you taking so much time uh, this afternoon. I know it went over maybe longer than we all thought, but I appreciate you taking so much time, and it was uh, fun to catch up with you this afternoon. A- absolutely, man. Anytime you need me on the show later, we'll uh, definitely get back on there and hit head first. Hey, and we're going to give you your YouTube channel a shout-out. You've been you're adding some videos on there with some interviews with some, some coaching colleagues and even some uh, former players and – and uh, you know, love is in the air. We yeah. gotta, we gotta have some of those former players on this. Uh, some of those players, excuse me, on your radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Love to get on there, Kelsey Plum. You know, we we just want to fill it all up. No doubt, no doubt, Coach. We really appreciate it, and I know, uh, you know, our relationship goes back a while, but uh, you know, we really got to see you a lot here in the last couple of years with recruiting Alana and. And I know she's excited, and y'all are excited about her. And uh, you know, hopefully, we uh, maybe we could do an, a live show in Fayetteville sometime. We come up, you know, maybe like a Baylor preview. Yeah, you know, like how yeah. that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> you know, get get I'm E all, back I'm on. All for it. Yeah. So, Coach, we appreciate it. I appreciate y'all, Caleb. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All we'll right. That's you, Coach Paulie Love joining us this afternoon. Like we mentioned uh, at the top, just great stuff from Pauline Love, the recruiting coordinator for the Arkansas Lady Razorbacks, um, a program that you know is on the rise. So many great faces, uh, you know, in that coaching sta- on that coaching staff, and so many great faces that will be on the floor next year uh, for Arkansas. And you know, it, we were kind of talking about this uh, off the air earlier, is that. You know, when you talk to Mike Neighbors and then especially when you talk to Pauline Love, it is, you know, so easy to see why so many kids from throughout the nation are drawn to Arkansas. Oh, without a doubt, you know, and it it, it starts with the style of play, you know, is attractive to kids because kids love scoring, you know, and um, th- there's not many Pauline Loves out there. She talked about in, in the interview about how she just wanted to rebound, yeah. you know, and kids today, they want to know how many points did I score, and so that style is is very attractive, but then you get to talk to the people involved, and then it's like it's a no brainer, you know. Uh, you know they haven't lost many kids that they went all in on, you know, yeah. since they've got there, and 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 they're if they do lose a kid, it's to a Baylor, a South Carolina, a UConn, you know, and and that's that tells you where we're, where the program's headed, you know, and it's they've won some of those battles as well with. Kid like Ilana Eaton, yeah. you know they've got a kid like Jersey Wolfenberger over at Fort Smith Northside, committed, um, and they got some younger kids uh, committed that, uh, you know, if they would have waited, they would have got those big big time offers. But the staff does such a great job of identifying the talent that fits them, that they can get on it early. And they can really develop that relationship, and it's going to be exciting to see, you know, where they where it goes from here. They they've offered a couple good young players yeah. in the state. 
um, that are that are going to be highly recruited. That if they can win those battles, they'll continue this upward trajectory that they're on of becoming a top ten program in the country. Yeah, and they're certainly headed that way. Um, maybe not next year, but in the very very near future, they're going to be but, top ten. But national. maybe next and it year. Could, yeah, it could I be mean, next year. It have, that Baylor game very well could be a top ten matchup next year in I December. Mean, you you look at what they have coming back in. Uh, Amber Ramirez, Chelsea Dungy, two yeah. all-conference players. They got the Splash a, Sisters, if you will. Yes. They got a grad transfer from Oregon State who was first-team All-Pac-12 and Destiny yeah. Slocum. They get Jalen Mason back from injury who would have started and been one of their top three or four players this last year. And then you add in an Alana Eaton. I mean, and don't put it past Coach Neighbors to play those five guards together next year because – you know, at the end of the day, yeah, okay, they may not have the size to match up with the South Carolina, but South Carolina's got to guard them too, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I guess maybe we can put a challenge out to Coach Neighbors to find a way to put that lineup on the floor and, you know, <laughs> see if he'll do it. Because he's all, he's all about, you know, going – doing something that nobody else is yeah. maybe is scared to do a little bit, and he wants to prove that they can do it. So, yeah, no doubt. Um, and I, I think – it's excited you know there's a certain level of excitement for girls basketball at both the high school and the collegiate level in Arkansas that we haven't seen in a long time maybe ever uh, and it all attributes mostly back to that program in Fayetteville oh no doubt and and then it's uh, you know it's it's coaches like Pauline Love who's yeah. from Northeast Arkansas Jennifer Sullivan played at Jonesboro um, Brandon Love who's from Arkansas yeah. you know uh, I mean there's so many we could People don't know on the cuff of how many really good coaches are from the state of Arkansas, and it's it's starting to to reveal itself because of the quality of play and what Coach Neighbors has brought back from you know when he took over at Arkansas. Uh, hope you all enjoyed the Pauline Love interview. I know we did. Uh, it's a lot of fun to. Uh, for you, it was catching up with her. For me, that's really the first – you know, we've followed each other on Twitter for a few months, but that's really the first interaction I've had with her. So it was fun to kind of get to know her and get to know her st story. And hopefully uh, you guys loved that interview as much as we did. Again, um, uh, you know, Caleb said it at the end of the last two shows, if you have any interview requests, hit us up. Uh, we actually had somebody hit us up the other day, Ryan Robertson, uh, the former athletic trainer at Nettleton. Heard from him the other night. So, again – uh, if anybody has any interview requests, uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, uh, and we'll try to you know fill those interview requests as best we can. But, uh, again, thanks to Pauline Love for hopping on. Thanks to Caleb Livingston. This is our episode for the week. We'll be back next week sometime, hopefully, with some more great interviews. Until then, so long, everybody. Stay safe.